a man who also has that problem because he's locked into afl.com.au for life and he's a gun and he's had a big preseason as always. His name's Michael Whiting Fish. Thanks for your time again. Hey, Kane. That's a nice, uh, nice segue, mate. Good to be here. Is it true? Are you the highest paid there? Yeah, because uh, there's a few. <laughs> he's a top dog. I think I'm a rookie salary. Okay. <laughs> International uh, recruit. Yeah, that's it. Category B or something. Take us through the preseason. I mean, you always do get incredible access, and I feel mm. like both Queensland clubs are are almost getting better at providing that access because they need to, and then they need to grow the game there and they need to grow their membership base and all of it. But how have you seen uh, the coverage and the access that you've had to both teams develop over the last few years? Oh, it's good, Kane. You're right. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a constant challenge here to continue growing the game, and it is growing. Participation and all that sort of stuff that probably goes over a lot of people's heads it has grown enormously in the last five to ten years. Brisbane's success, no doubt, a huge part of that. I'm not sure it'll ever get to the number one football code in, in my part of the world, the, particularly while the Broncos are going so well. I mean, they're over in Vegas at the moment and still getting a ton of coverage. So they're probably the top dog. But Brisbane, the, the Lions membership numbers are through the roof. They're over 50,000. I think they're trying to they're shooting for 60,000 this year, which was incomprehensible, um, you know, as, as little as five years ago. In terms of the Suns, they're trickling a lot. I think they're in a market waiting to be captured. They do give incredible access. So I think they try and take the, the supporters along the journey with them. A lot of work to do. And, I, you know, hopefully this is the year Damien Harbick's on board and they can get a few more wins and capture some of that market there that's waiting to be had. I think the great challenge for the Suns is to convert uh, expat Melbourne types yep. to barrack for the Suns. And if, if, they don't, if they can't convert the, the parents, and I've got first-hand experience in this, they've, they've got a convert the the sons and the daughters yeah exactly right jared like there's a there's a it's not news to you guys that there is a ton of expats on the gold coast yeah. there is a lot of there's a there's a lot of footy fans there and i think the sons are probably a lot of their second teams at the moment mm. i think they want an excuse to come along and support a decent team but it's a look to be honest it's a little bit of a mission to get to heritage bank stadium and I think you you do need an excuse. You want a good team to support if you're wavering and you're on yep. the fence. And um, th- there's a market waiting there. The Gold Coast Titans, the rugby league team here, are in the same boat. They've really struggled as well, and they've got a new coach in Des Hasler, who's probably oh, the equivalent of Dimmer in yep. many ways. One premierships, he comes with a big reputation. So it's a bit of a battleground on the coast this year to see which team can, can capture those floating fans. Mm. So let's start. We'll get to Brisbane shortly because a lot of hype around them and, and rightly so. But let's stay with Gold Coast because they're talking a big game right from the, the moment Damien Harbick was appointed. Bob East, the chairman, was saying, okay, it's finals. We're, we're ready to go. And Harbick hasn't shied away from that. We've seen other coaches just back completely away from um, you know setting benchmarks. We had, we had Tim Silvers on, the CEO of Adelaide, the other day, and he almost said it, but he was... I don't know, a little bit hesitant to say, nah, it is finals or bust for us. But the Suns have said it, Fish. Is it a strategy to, you know, what do you, what do you make of that strategy? It is. I mean, to me, like sometimes I think it's they're just words. But in this instance, this is a club that's probably danced around it for a while. There's been a a couple of times in their, in their uh, existence where they've probably been ready to make finals. I think of... Uh, when Rodney Eade came to the club at the end of 2014, they had this young list that was ready to take a, take a jump. They, they could never quite 
commit to, hey, we want to play finals. And they are just words until we see them backed up. But Damien Hardwick's obviously walked in with a pedigree. He's got instant respect from the players. And I like the way he couched it, actually. He said, I'm not putting a ceiling on them, mm. but the floor is the finals. I actually liked the way he couched that. And yep. and like I said, it's, it's all just fluff until we see them perform. But it's a mindset now that those guys believe. So make, make, the, case, make the case for me. How do they jump over teams that are in the same sort of situation? We're talking Fremantle, we're talking and Melbourne are probably in that category. The Bombers, the Saints, Geelong, Port Adelaide, Adelaide. Make the case for me of how they're going to be significantly better this year. They've got a, they've got a coach with a proven game plan, for one. We know that that works. We know that Damien Hardwick can get the best out of a group of players. But I think, Kane, that they've got a group of players that has been playing together for four or five years. And I know that doesn't guarantee that you're about to take a leap, but history probably does show us that if you've got a collection of players that have played 70, 80, 100 games together, you at least give yourself a chance. And they've got so much top-end talent. Anderson, Rao, Lacocious, King, and I know their names, Flanders, Humphrey, Mm -hmm. Mac Andrews, someone I'm quite quite big on and I'm sure I'm not on my own there but um, that's a lot of high-end talent that have played a decent chunk of footy together now and I think they've proven the last couple of years that they're they're pretty good around the contest and they do defend quite well they just haven't had that attacking flair and and the ability to to create turnovers and and generate scores from that and I think that's obviously a strength of Hardwick and I think if you can marry those two together and it might not happen you know, round one or two or three, it might take six or eight weeks. I don't know. They might jump straight away. But I think there's a there's a talent level there and a change in game plan and a tweak that'll suit their suit their personnel. I'm glad you mentioned Sam Flanders because mm. I reckon he is probably the most improved player in the competition. Mm. He was a high end draft pick. I know the Swans were tossing up between him and Dylan Stevens and uh, the Dylan Stevens camp uh, won. Um, that didn't work out that well. But uh, the Sam Flanders, well, he went missing for a few years. He couldn't get in under Stewie Jew, but his last 10 games last year, he was all Australian level. Yeah, amazing what a bit of confidence does, isn't it, Jared? I think he didn't, almost didn't know what his role was. And he, mm. Like a lot of young guys, he's a, he's a ball winner as a junior. He wants to be a midfielder. He couldn't quite burst in with uh, Anderson, Rao, Tuke Miller. Dave Swallow was still playing a lot of midfield. He just couldn't quite find a spot there. And he is a real confidence guy. And that's something he's probably had to figure out as he's matured a little bit. You can't just rely on confidence to get you. Like, but he does ride the, the highs and the lows a bit. But he, he found some belief in the middle of last year. He was given an opportunity, an extended run yep. in that position. And he played a lot of inside. Like he's No doubt he's in that first you know, he's right alongside Miller, Rowell and Anderson. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise if he won their best and fairest this year. If he kept up if he mm. kept up last ten games form this year, he will go very close to the BNF. Yeah, he was enormous. And I, I what I'm interested in this year maybe is whether Noah Anderson, who had such a terrific year last year, do opposition start looking at you know, putting a little more attention to him. Perhaps he, he is a guy that can or showed last year that he can hurt his opponents. So Maybe if there's a little more attention on him, Flanders can sort of, um, not that he's going to sneak under anyone's guard, but he can take advantage there. All right, Fish, I haven't seen too many preseason predictions from the so-called experts. It doesn't feature Brisbane at the top of the ladder. Mm. It's now been a long time since that premiership 
um, era, which was yeah. amazing. But we're talking 21 years now, and they've won more home and away games than anyone in the last four or five years. Time's now. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're right there, okay? I mean, obviously they were within a yeah. kick last year, so they didn't, they didn't need a lot to change last year to take that ultimate prize. But there's no reason they'll drop off this year. They've acquired Tom Duday, who we'll see quite early in the season. They're expecting him around, you know, around three, four or five. And um, Will Ashcroft will come back in the, in the middle of the year. So there's a little bit of improvement from those guys coming in. But I think for Brisbane, a lot of their, their improvement will come from guys like Cam Rayner, Zach Bailey and Kitty and Coleman. They're probably the three, I think, that, are, that can go to, uh, potentially go to an All-Australian squad level or a team level, potentially. Um, that's where a lot of their growth is going to come from, those, you know, those 22, 23, 24-year-old guys, because the rest of them have set a pretty consistent level over recent years. So whether those guys can jump or not might have a bit to do with whether they can take that next step. I'll be interested to see how Joe Danaher plays the season out mm. because he was probably Brisbane's best player in the grand final. He, he had a darn good season. A bit of a slow start for memory, but uh, once he moved back, you know, part-time ruck, uh, part-time forward, he, he put together a really good season. Yeah, he did. It was um, certainly his best season at, at Brisbane. I know he was an All-Australian. I think it was 2017 with Essendon. So yep. I think it would rival that season. Um, he was terrific last year. He And you're right, the, the ruck part is an interesting point it seemed to it just that works for him yeah it frees him, him involved yeah it does it frees he, he gets up the ground he likes to get up the ground he's a terrific field kick um yeah and he was as consistent and as good as any forward at brisbane last year the arguably the most potent attacking team in the comp and there was a level of consistency with joe that we probably haven't seen for a, a lot of his career and the body's good um, he's free of mind. He lives in northern New South Wales. He, just, he makes a long commute to training, and he's his own man. But he's embraced there, and his um, forms matched it. What do you make of the the Ford setup? Gardner a bit forward. Um, Eric will, will be there. I think he's still got mm. about seven years left on that deal. Um, fish, which is interesting <laughs> in itself. But uh, I, I don't know. There, if, Kane, I don't way. know if yeah, three tools can coexist. I think their balance is is perfect with. Those two, provided you get a contest from Hipwood, and then the best group of small to medium forwards that the game's seen in a long time. Oh, I'm with you. I think this. I think the Gardner experiment is more to help him. Or that's my gut feel. Uh, he's likely to get squeezed out when Duday comes back. So I feel like they're trying to develop another position for him. And they do have a problem if if Hipwood or Danaher gets injured. There's not a lot behind those guys at the club. There's a lot of unproven guys. They got Brandon Ryan from Hawthorne in the Jack Gunston trade at the end of last year. Obviously, a lot of a lot of hope for him. They got a couple of guys in the draft, but not a lot of proven. So I feel like Gardner is almost being trained as a backup option. But I, I'm with you when Rayner mm. when Cam Rayner played as a third tall late last season. That forward line was so dynamic with the rest of those fellows: Bailey, Cameron. Um, Link McCarthy, Zorko. Yeah, Zorko, if he's so there. Pope. Yeah. So pope. Hey, mate, um, it's uh, going to be a fascinating year for differing reasons for both teams. You will keep us across it on afl.com.au and look forward to chatting to you throughout the year. Thanks for your time on Sports Day. Thanks, Kane. Thanks, Jared. Anytime, fellas. Michael Whiting there. Jared does a, does a magnificent job.